Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Purdue Commercial AgCast from the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture. I'm Brady Brewer. I am faculty in the Department of Agricultural Economics, and joining me today is Michael Langmeyer, who is the Associate Director of the Center for Commercial Agriculture uh, here at Purdue. Uh, Today's podcast is going to focus around an article that he wrote for FarmDocDaily on contingency planning with cash flow shortages. So with that, Michael, welcome back to to the podcast. Glad to be here. Um, so a brief background for those listening, uh, Michael wrote a, a article for Farm Dark Daily over at our colleagues' website over at the University of Illinois. Uh, you can find this information on their website at farm.daily.illinois.edu, and this article was published on April 3rd um, of this year, and the title of the article that we're going to be referencing in this podcast is uh, Contingency Planning with uh, Cash Flow Shortages. So this is, you know, a pretty hot topic right now, Michael. There's a lot of uncertainty in, in the market concerning farm incomes, uh, you know, the depression of, of commodity prices, uh, the continuation of trade wars. Now we've got COVID-19 just uh, pile onto this. I feel like I'm becoming a broken record to name all these ills that are affecting the ag market, uh, but but it's reality right now and farmers need to do something about it. So, you know, what is, what is your opinion of, of, you know, all this is affecting that is affecting uh, agriculture right now? Yes, definitely. Uh, commodity prices, corn, soybeans, uh, swine, life and beef prices uh, across the board pretty much are, are, are down. And, and it's always important to look at financial plans to look at pro forma financial statements is which is really a fancy word for projecting uh, what financial performance is going to be later in the year, and perhaps perhaps beyond that, there is some tools uh, to go more than one year. We're not going to focus on that today, but you certainly could. Uh, but in today's environment, it becomes particularly important because a lot of farms are going to have have some very tough decisions to make in terms of where they're going to jet, where they're going to get the cash to repay debt, and if they do need to replace some machinery. Um, where are they going to get the cash to replace machinery? And so that's why I decided to write this article is, is to help people think through that. Yeah, and I, I would kind of like to latch on to one of the words you said, you know, these, these pro forma statements that we're going to be referencing there, they're really just projections um, or, or, you know, model projections of uh, different scenarios that we may see depending on different commodity prices or different cash flow situations. Um, I, I saw a colleague on Twitter the other day talking about forecasting and projections, and, and this quote really stuck with me. And the quote was, you know, all projections are wrong, but some can be useful, right, to make decisions. And that's really what we're trying to get at today is, you know, we know that the scenarios we're going to talk about, you know, if you're trying to make one of these pro forma statements for your farm, the projection, we know that's not going to come to fruition fully. It's going to be wrong, but it can really, really help and be useful when you're thinking about some of those decisions that you just mentioned in terms of. Yeah, really, the, the scenario analysis, uh, developing contingency plans really emanates from business planning in general. Uh, when, when a person's developing a business plan, they typically have at least three different sets of financial projections, a base case which very well might be wrong, but it's your best estimate where things might end up. If you're looking at today, uh, you know, that might, that might be three, $3 or three ten corn, unfortunately, that low. But if you take the decent futures and, and adjust it for historical basis, that's what you're looking at for a base case. 
Uh, but you also want to look at worst case scenario, what happens if prices are even lower than that? Uh, and I'll talk about how you can get information related to, uh, to base case and, and worst case scenario, uh, some sources of information to use for that. But also you want to look at a, uh, a, a, a better case. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's called different things, but uh, it, it's better than the best case, it, 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 for lack of a better way of, uh, of framing that, that, that uh, particular scenario. And in each one of those, uh, you need to look at, uh, under these three scenarios, can I repay debt? Is there one of those scenarios where I could possibly replace some machinery that may need to be replaced? If there's not, it goes back to that uh, that question again. Where am I going to get the money uh, to to repay debt uh, if it looks like I'm not going to get it from earnings? And so that's the whole idea here. Uh, and I'm, I'm using the language of contingency plans, which is a little bit more specific. All a contingency plan really is is a, is a course of action uh, designed to help a business determine how to respond to possible future events. Here we're talking about responding to three different three different scenarios. Uh, we talk about contingency plans a lot when we're talking about what happens if a key person in the business is no longer able to work. Uh, they have an extended period of, of, of being ill or something like that. Uh, we, we quite often talk about contingency plans. Who's going to take over for them? Who's going to do the work uh, that they were doing? The same thing can be, can, can be talked about in finance. Uh, you know, if this you know, if, if corn price is 275, for example, uh, you know, what does that mean in, in terms of my ability to repay debt and, and to and to buy assets? And so and so that's the idea here uh, behind using contingency plans uh, along with pro forma financial statements. So one of the main statements that you use in the article is the sources and uses of, of funds. Um, would you like to talk a little bit about that just from, you know, this is probably one of the pro forma statements that probably isn't as widely used as maybe some of the counterparts like the balance sheet or the income statement. Um, so, so I guess, first off, what is a, a sources and uses of funds? Yes. Well, uh, first of all, the sources and uses of fund statement is, is used to reconcile cash on historical financial statements. And so if we want to reconcile information, the income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow statement, to make sure everything balances out, uh, we use the sources and uses of fund statement. Uh, and really, what we're essentially what we're doing there is we're making sure we're not missing some cash transaction, uh, cash expense or cash income, farm and non-farm. And so that's a very important use of sources and uses. That's not what I'm talking about today. Uh, today, we're talking about using a source and uses of fund statement uh, in terms of projections. And so we're very, very interested in, uh, today looking at whether retained earnings, which is net farm income minus family living expenses, is large enough to cover the items we want to invest in, machinery, land, other assets, and uh, whether it's enough, uh, enough uh, money there to repay debt, so our financing activities. If it's not, then we need to think about, should we not purchase assets? Uh, should we borrow some money against our land? Uh, to kind of uh, offset the fact that our net farm income is pretty low. Uh, and so that's that's what we're talking about, the source and use of the fund statement today, is more from a pro forma or projection standpoint. So obviously, uh, contingency planning, the statement of, of sources and uses of funds is very important for farmers to look at. So let's get into a little bit of the analysis that you did in this paper. Uh, what, what exactly did you look at in these three scenarios, the pessimistic, the base, and the optimistic scenario? Um, How did you determine those, and, and what, what's, uh, what were some of your findings? 
Well, first of all, I used I always use case forms and papers like this, and so I used a a, a case form for Southwest Indiana uh, that had corn, soybeans, wheat, and a small beef cow herd. And this farm is a sole proprietor, so it has enough gross revenue so, to support one operator. Has no hired workers, and so and so that and so and so that was the case form that was used. And my my contrived question here was: uh, Is it feasible to purchase machinery in 2020? Now, a lot of people are going to say, listen to this and say, no, that's pretty obvious. But you know, in that base case, best case scenario, let's go back to that best case scenario where we have slightly higher prices than, than, our, than our, our, our base case estimate, uh, that might be a reasonable question. Because let's say we have a piece of machinery that really needs to be replaced this year. And so it tells you, in my best case scenario, am I able to replace that, that piece of machinery without having to borrow against land? Uh, and things like that. And so that's kind of the setup. Uh, there is four basic sources of cash that could be used uh, to repay debt and purchase machinery. And so, and so I talk a little bit about those before getting into the scenarios. One of them is to draw down cash balances. With the working capital situation we have today, that may not be prudent, but you certainly could. This farm has some cash balances. They're not, they're not humongous, Based on its farm size, but it it could pay it could it could use cash balances to to uh, to help pay for things. The other thing is to use cash flows from operating activities. That's the main reason why we're doing this is to see how big those cash flows from operating activities, i.e., net farm income, how big that might how big that looks this year. The other thing we could do is sell assets. That's not something most farms want to do, and so I don't talk about that very much. Uh, fourth, we could borrow money. Um, you know, for, you know, you know, it's, it sounds simple to repay, you know, sounds kind of silly. Well, to repay my operating loan when I'm borrowing money, a lot of farms have done that. I mean, I think you've looked at that, Brady, where, where if we don't have enough money to repay operating loan, we, we take out, we take out some money against land. Yeah. So that's, and when, I talk to, money. when I talk to bankers, that's really common, um, you know, to collateralize part of the operating loan. You know, most of the times operating notes are uncollateralized, which means that there's not a, a it's not backed by some type of asset such as land or machinery that's tied for repossession in case it's not uh, uh, paid. Uh, but most of the time, what happens is that, that if it, any unpaid portion of the operating note gets collateralized, gets rolled into one of the land loans, um, and gets refinanced that way. I think bankers tend to think of that as kind of kicking the can down the road, but it is a legitimate strategy. Um, to make it through a year and to help that on the cash flow side um, if there's some type of shortage there. It's probably not a, you know, if I'm talking to farmers, it's not a go-to strategy in my mind. I, I think that, you know, to find cash flow in other areas is probably preferred, but it's definitely something that farmers need to have that conversation with the banker to see if it's an, a, a, a potential option for surviving this year. So what I did is I looked at three different scenarios as we were talking about earlier. And what I typically use for prices is a, is a tool at the University of Illinois called iFarm Price Distribution Tool. Uh, I, small i uh, and then farm uh, price distribution tool. And what this does is it gives you a distribution of possible prices for futures contracts. And so I looked at a distribution of possible prices uh, for corn and soybeans, and I've updated those. Uh, for this uh, for this discussion today, uh, and so my worst case corn price—I hate to even say this because it's so low—two sixty-five. 
There was a 25% chance a couple days ago that corn price could be 265 or, or below. That's the cash price. That's, that's been adjusted for basis. Uh, the base case was only $3.05, so not very good. Uh, hopefully it'd be better than that. And then the best case was 350 corn. And uh, in a nutshell, uh, when we looked at these things here, um, net farm income uh, was negative under the worst case scenario. It was slightly positive under the base case scenario. It wasn't big enough to cover family living, but it was, it was about break even uh, at the, at the uh, 305 corn for this farm. And then it was about large enough to cover family living at the high price scenario. Uh, but having said that, at the high price scenario, if, if all you can do is cover family living, all you're going to do is barely cut, is, is you're not going to be able to cover uh, all of the debt repayment. And so even at the high price scenario, there was some struggles uh, repaying the debt, but there was a lot of struggle repaying debt at the base case and the low price scenario. Now, I, because this is a case farm, I didn't come up with the solution for this case farm, but I did talk about in the article, there was enough cash balance at the beginning of the year to, to pay, to repay the debt. And so that would be a strategy for this farm. Uh, the losses were not small, but they, were, they weren't so big that I couldn't use beginning cash to help pay for the debt. And so that's certainly one strategy that this farm may have to look at. But the whole idea here is to, is to see uh, what this might look like before you get there. Uh, so you can kind of plan ahead uh, and know this is this because this could this could happen uh, and 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 you you could uh, be looking at a situation where you have to draw down cash um, in another scenario whether the cash balances was really low then that form would need to start thinking about uh, is this the year that I need to borrow against land you know and I need to uh, put some I need to uh, to take out a longer term loan to help cover some of these short term debt obligations and so that's the whole idea here behind. Uh, this article on contingency planning, it just gives you a little better feel uh, for, for what may happen uh, this fall. So let's say the, a farmer goes through this analysis, um, they, they do the pessimistic, the base, and the optimistic, and, and it comes up like you did, where the pessimistic, not very good, right? Uh, you're probably scaring a lot of farmers right now with that 275 number. Um, I, I don't think any of us want to see 275 corn. Um, but, but even in the base case and the optimistic case, there, there's somewhere there. So let's say you do analysis like this, and let's assume that it comes out. What are some actions that you would want to take in, in this scenario, uh, like your case farms here? Well, he he go back to those those uh, different uh, different sources of cash. The, probably the two big options for this farm uh, under the base case and on. And particularly under the worst case scenario is to draw down the cash balance. Uh, that's always a little scary because you don't want that to be zero. You want some of you because that gives you flexibility uh, having some cash balance. The other thing would be to borrow against land. This farm, just more information related to this farm. This farm has a has a loan on 80 acres, but it has some land that it owns free and clear. And so there is some equity in the land that this farm uh, if this looks like it's not going to be just this year's problem, it looks like there might be a problem down the road, 2021. But it may not look much better because uh, corn price isn't going to go from $3 to $4.50 anytime soon. Uh, I, at least I don't think it is. It might. Uh, my predictions have been wrong before and they'll be wrong again. Uh, but nevertheless, so maybe, maybe, maybe this farm should think about doing, doing a loan. 
to make to preserve the cash and 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 then paying you know making sure the operating debt's paid maybe build up the cash a little bit in case 2021 looks the same and so those would be the two big options for this farm would be to draw down its cash uh, which would be eroding working capital or uh, or take out some money on land that they own free and clear so what about the scenario so let's say a farmer does this you input your numbers into it and all three scenarios are fairly pessimistic, for lack of a better term, right? The, the, our worst case is, is really bad. Our base case is not good either. And even the best case looks like you're barely going to eke out a margin and some type of cash flow. What about a farm like that? Because that, that could be a reality with, uh, you know, prices right now and everything that's going on. Um, you know, all three scenarios you would deem as pessimistic. Is there anything that that particular farmer should do differently than the than the scenario we just described, where the you do have an optim more optimistic scenario in the base case? You, you're making you still would have the same options available. Perhaps you need to look at how much equity the farm would have, in, in particularly in land, because uh, that's usually the, the the source of equity on the farm. Uh, quite frankly, if if there's not a lot of equity on the land and the cash balances are pretty tight. Um, they're in a very tough situation where there's very little flexibility. And, and one of the things that really worries me and it worries you, I'm sure, and also lenders is farms that have very low working capital today and their solvency is not, is not terrible, but it's not as good as what this farm is. This farm has a solvency, you know, debt to asset ratio below 20%, for example. If, if, if their solvency is not as good as that, their flexibility really, really gets crunched, and you don't have much flexibility at all. The other thing I haven't talked about here that's very important is under uh, under these price any any this is true in any year, but particularly this year. Look for pricing opportunities. Let's say we had a rally in corn prices because for whatever reason something happened in in in, in Timbuktu or, or you know some other country or 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 something here happened. Uh, to cause a, a, a little bit of a spike in corn prices, look for those marketing opportunities. Marketing is going to be at a premium here. Uh, if you can do something to to make to so your basis is not twenty five cents like I've assumed in a year, uh, you know, basis contract or anything like that that would that would uh, provide some protection so that you don't face that two sixty five corn. Uh, but also, maybe you can price some product that's above three dollars, and 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 try to take advantage of those uh, of those opportunities if they do arise. Because because we're looking at some we're looking at some pretty grim, um, you know, cash flow uh, this fall under what I'm talking about here. And then finally, the the last case, which is one that probably a lot of farmers hope they are in. What if you do this and um, all three scenarios: your your worst case, your base, and your best case scenario. You have positive cash flow. Looks like you're going to cover expenses. Is this where uh, maybe you can be a little um, less risk averse? Maybe thinking about buying some equipment that needs replaced, um, you know, and, and more business as usual type of business activities. Or what's your recommendation if that um, were to be the case for a particular uh, farmer? Here, I'm going to use some rules of thumb on 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 working capital. I, I, I think in today's environment, let's say prices did pick up here and that base case scenario was actually turns into a, or that, that best case scenario actually turns into the scenario. There was a little bit of cash left over after repaying debt there. Not a lot, but there was a little bit there. Uh, and maybe in that situation, we really need to buy a piece of machinery. 
we could think about think about doing so. Uh, but what I would take a very close look at uh, my working capital situation before I bought machinery, even under the best case, because this is not this is not a, a year where you want to you want to uh, you want that working capital to be crunched. And my rule of thumb there, and I don't know what yours would be, Brady. I'll ask you is is a current ratio below two. If your current ratio is below two, I think even if you can cover your, your debt and there's a little bit extra there to buy machinery, I think the farm still should be cautious about buying that machinery because you're taking your working capital down. We don't know what 2021 is going to bring. We don't know what 2022 is going to bring. We need a cushion uh, of working capital. And so even if uh, you can repay debt, you still have to ask those questions do I want to put myself in a situation where my working capital is depleted? Yeah, so my rule of thumb is very similar to yours. Um, maybe a little bit more risky. I tend to say a, a current ratio of one and a half, anything below that, you really, really need to pull back. Um, but that doesn't mean you necessarily, if it's above one, one and a half, you can go spend. I, I think that true rule that you mentioned is a very good uh, rule of thumb for, for thinking about it. I also like to bring in the burn rate of working capital. So for those of yes. you listening, um, just to remind you, working capital is just the difference in your current assets and current liabilities. So you can think of it as like a buffer between, you know, what, how much, you know, if I didn't bring in any more cash flow, uh, can I pay my expenses and how much do I have left over after that? It, it's like a buffer. Um, burn rate is something I, I'm big on. And burn rate is thinking about if, if you take your current liabilities, how long can you survive on the working capital that you have? Um, because that to me is a, is, is a good measure to think about, you know, can I survive next growing season, even if it's a complete disaster? You know, obviously if that happens, there can be some insurance monies or, or other government assistance that comes in. So it's going to be extended a little bit, uh, but always calculate your burn rate. How long can you survive on the working capital that you have? Um, and that gives you a pretty good idea of some of the riskiness that you're facing. Yeah, and that's, that's a really good idea, of course. And one of the ways for a farm like this that's primarily crops is you can calculate that that's very useful is to calculate working capital per crop acre. Uh, and in that worst case, I actually did that as part of this article. In that worst case scenario, uh, this is how bad that, that worst case scenario really is. We burned through $60 per acre of working capital, $60 per acre. Well, on some farms, there's not going to be a lot left after you burn through $60 per acre. And so, and so I, I think that that's a very good idea, uh, Brady, is, you know, if you're, if you're, if, you know, if you're going to burn through, if you're going to burn through even $20, like we did in the base case, uh, do you want to think about buying machinery and, and, and burning more of it? Uh, yeah. In a lot of cases, the answer is no. Because, because when you look at the, uh, the FinBin data at the University of Minnesota, you look at the Illinois Farm Business Farm Management Association, look at Kansas Farm Management Association data, look at the USDERS, there's a lot of people out there with low working capital. That's why I think this is a very good conversation we're having here. And if you have low working capital, um, you're going to, it's almost not, not a lot of choice there. You're going to have to wait to buy machinery. Yeah. Your focus should be on repaying that debt in a timely fashion. You don't want to miss payments. Repaying that debt in a, a timely fashion and then and then looking to see what 2021 looks like. Perhaps you can replace the machinery in 2021. There, you know, something that's been talked a lot about the last few years, there's other options between buying machinery. You can lease machinery. Uh, that's always another option. 
Uh, you can have somebody maybe do some custom work for you. Uh, let's say your sprayer is, is the piece of machinery that's really on its last leg. There is other options besides buying machinery that a person could look at. Uh, they may not be the greatest options out there, but they are alternatives. Uh, and, 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 and somebody with low uh, working capital, that's, that's probably what you're going to have to do is look at those alternatives. Yeah, and then the, the one thing I would like to add on to that is beyond just having a plan for your farm, um, not just in the short term, but you know, you really mentioned uh, or you brought up the 2021 uh, growing season. So this, is, this has some long-term implications to think about when I'm going to purchase stuff. But the thing I always recommend is be open and honest with your lender. Um, in the work I do with ag lenders across the nation, that's that's one of the big things they always stress to me is that farmers, you know, having a plan like this and then being open and honest with them, you know, it's okay to go to your lender and say, hey, current commodity prices are not good. Um, you know, I'm looking at some negative cash flow scenarios. Uh, they would rather know beforehand. It's a lot easier for them to help you going into something than on the than on the backside of it and trying to dig you out of a hole. Um, they have yeah, a lot more options available to them on the front end. Another thing this is very helpful for we've been talking here about you know buying machinery and repaying debt. You know, quite often uh, some some a couple of the other things come up in the neighborhood. Maybe there's some ground that that's going to come up for rent. This is the, by by doing numbers like this, you can see you can take a look at the at the cash rent that someone wants to charge and saying is this doable? You know, with my current financial situation, is it doable for me to take on the additional 160 acres or, or whatever the case may be? And then also buying land. Uh, you know, when you're buying land, I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta worry about whether you have a good enough solvency to buy the land, but also it's gonna take some of your working capital. And so by having a better idea of what your look, working capital looks like at the end of 2020, you're going to be able to help answer those questions if they come up during this year. If someone approaches you and said, oh, I'm going to retire here, and, and are you interested in, bar, in renting some of this land? Um, you know, uh, or are you, you interested in buying my land? Uh, by, by doing these kind of projections, it helps you think through those, uh, whether that's even an option. And there could potentially be a lot of opportunities out there in the market here at the end of 2020 of land coming for lease and or, or potentially for sale because of some of the, the situation we're experiencing. So to have yeah, a plan to I, know I would think that the COVID-19 has slowed down land sales. And so perhaps there's some people that, that were thinking about selling land, but have, have put that off. And so you're right. Uh, there could be there could be more opportunities, perhaps buy land and certainly rent land. Uh, you know, beyond 2020 here. So, Michael, I, I think we've had a pretty good discussion around contingency planning. Um, you've certainly convinced me that uh, a plan needs to be in place to know, you know, given a, a worst case, a base case, and a best case scenario, what your options are and what you need to be doing to survive the, the current challenges that are out there in the market. Um, just as, as a reminder for those listening, if you would like to go and read uh, this article that Dr. Langmeyer wrote for Farm Doc Daily, you can find that at farmdocdaily.illinois.edu. And again, that was published on April 3rd of this year, 2020, uh, with the title of Contingency Planning with Cash Flow Shortages. 
Thanks, Brady. In addition to articles like this on, on contingency planning, um, we have articles on financial statements, such as the sources and uses of fund statement. Uh, there's an article on that and lays out all the components of that statement. And in addition to having articles on financial performance metrics, including financial ratios. And so I encourage the listener uh, to check those out on the website for the Center for Commercial Agriculture. Yeah, so I'd like to take this time to just remind the listeners uh, for more economic information, uh, you can visit the Purdue Center for Commercial Agricultural's website at purdue.edu slash commercial ag. On behalf of the Center for Commercial Ag and Dr. Michael Langmeyer, I'm Brady Brewer, and we thank you for listening to this episode of Purdue Commercial Agcast. Cast.